we're back. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Old Head. Before we start, I just want to thank everyone for continuing to listen, and I'd like to welcome anyone that may be new to this podcast. Um, I also want to thank everyone who submitted questions for the last episode for my AMA. That was uh, a lot of fun. Maybe I'll do it again sometime. And uh, mostly, I would like to thank uh, one person for his questions last week, which was Ralph from Twitter, because one of his questions I decided to make a whole episode out of, and that is today's episode. Today, I'm going to be running down my top 10 bands of all time. Now, before I start, let me set things up just a little bit. So, I found that my top 10 bands fluctuates much more than my top 10 albums fluctuates. It's kind of weird. A lot of the bands that are on my top 10 list right now would not have been 10 years ago. And 20 years ago, my list would have been completely different. But you know what? Let's not talk about my 20s because I was kind of an idiot. Some may argue that I still am, but I'd like to think that I'm much less of an idiot now than I was in my 20s. Now, I feel like it's important to preface my top 10 by saying that a lot of this is me going by feel, how the band feels. So a lot of things were taken into account, how long I've been listening to the band, how much music this band has put out, um, how uh, influential they were on me, and just how I feel right now in 2019, because I'm willing to bet that next year this top 10 will shuffle and maybe some bands will fall out and other bands will come in. Who the fuck knows? But that's that's the excitement of being a music fan. There's no fucking rules, people. So let's let's dive right into this. Coming in at number 10 are the Boston Bad Boys themselves, Aerosmith. Now, my relationship with Aerosmith over the years has been rocky at best. I uh, went through a period where I totally hated this band and totally forgot all the shit that I loved about them when I was younger. And then when I was older, I came back around. I talked about this a little bit in a uh, podcast episode called Music We Take for Granted. But here in 2019, you put the fucking needle down on the first Aerosmith album, on Toys in the Attic, on Rocks, even on fucking Permanent Vacation or Pump. And to be honest, there's even fucking tracks off of more recent albums that I hear and I go, this is really fucking good. I mean, I guess at the time, it was a thing that because they were older rock dudes and because they were trying to write songs with more hooks and kind of a with a pop sensibility, I, I think maybe, you know, back in the day, I looked down upon that. That's that's fucking stupid. But you know what? As I mentioned before, I was pretty fucking dumb in my 20s. Now, in my 40s, I see how fucking great Aerosmith are and were. And it's the same fucking dudes from way the back. 73, what was that? And now we're in 2019. The same dudes are up there rocking it. And honestly, sounding better than a lot of younger bands these days. So... Um, kudos to Aerosmith. You've been in my life forever. You know what? We we may not have always seen eye to eye, but um, you are now included in my top 10 at number 10. Aerosmith, congratulations. 
it's about time that you got some love and respect from good old Steven. All right, number nine. Number nine actually used to be my number two for a very long time. I would have considered this my second favorite band, but over the last few years, I've realized that the music that they've made over the last handful of years doesn't really stick with me the way their older stuff did. Uh, And that band that I'm talking about is Alice in Chains. Um, I totally love everything they ever recorded with Lane Staley on vocals. And then when they had their comeback with William Duvall, I totally loved that too. It blew me away. I loved that album way more than I thought I was going to. But my problem with the band now, which knocks them down to number nine, is the fact that they put out two more records that are good, but just not memorable, and I don't really have a lot to say about them, and I don't go back and listen to them, and um, I don't know. This was one of those ones where I just went by feel, and I was like, how do I feel about this band if I hold up their entire discography? And yeah, it, it, it gets dragged down a little bit by the last couple of albums, um, and so here they are now at number nine. Uh, still a fucking phenomenal band, but uh, uh, yeah, it's got to make room for other bands, guys. Sorry about that. Let's move on to uh, number eight. Number eight is a band that, for most metalheads, this is probably their number one, and I absolutely get that. They are a legendary band. We're talking about Iron Maiden. Now, Iron Maiden is a band that, for a long time, wouldn't have been anywhere on my list, mostly because I'm, I mostly enjoy the first two Iron Maiden albums with Paul Diano on vocals. But over the years, I've grown to really love everything they did with Bruce Dickinson and are doing with Bruce Dickinson. And you know what? To be completely honest, I, I kind of dig a little bit of the Blaze Bailey stuff too. Um, but they are a band that over the last few years has become kind of a little obsession with me, um, with collecting and with honestly just learning about the band. Because I've been listening to Iron Maiden since I was young, but I, I never really knew anything about them. And so over the past few years, it's been me sort of becoming a uh, a big Iron Maiden fan. And all I just keep unraveling every time I listen to an album again is just, man, this shit is so fucking good. They seem like they just couldn't put out a shitty record if they tried. Um, so yeah, Iron Maiden uh, number eight. Moving on to number seven. Now, uh, this is the first band on my list that I, I would have to um, talk about feelings, um, how a band makes me feel. There are a few bands that are my go-to bands for when I have a shitty day or uh, when you know something's just got me down. And one of the bands that always makes things feel right again is Suicidal Tendencies. Now, like many of you, the first time I ever saw Suicidal Tendencies was the music video for the song Institutionalized, and I was a little kid. Um, and then a few years later, the one music video and song that really did it for me was uh, for the song You Can't Bring Me Down. And that's still one of my favorite songs today. And I, I don't know, everything Suicidal ever did, even from 
the first record, which is more just raw, aggressive, hardcore, to uh, the 80s where they were doing the crossover thrash thing. Um, and then you get into the late 90s and 2000s where it got like more punky. Um, and they seem to have come kind of full circle back around to more of a thrashy thing. And fuck, the lineup of that band, I, I used to you know, be kind of sad that we didn't still have you know the Rocky George era of suicidal tendencies. But um, as of right now, not only do we have Dave Lombardo on drums, but now we got Ben Wyman from Dillinger's Escape Plan on guitar. It seems like he's a member of the band now. What the fuck? So they need to record an album with that fucking lineup. But anyway, um, Suicidal's a great band. I enjoy every album they put out. There's just such a great energy. Um, it's just like a fuck everything. We don't give a fuck, you know, charge ahead kind of shit. And um, they never disappoint me. Um, and so that's why they are at uh, number seven on my list. Number six. Uh, this is a band that um, was very important to me when they came out and the first couple albums that I heard from them because they really taught me about how music doesn't have to just sound one way. You can take elements from different things and you can take chances and you can be a little weird and still make really great fucking heavy music. Uh, we're talking about Faith No More. Um, Faith No More is a band that not only do I love their music, I feel like they were one of the bands that really started to open my eyes and open my ears and my mind. They opened everything to uh, uh, everything that was out there and about how um, sometimes um, shit that you don't quite get on the first go around becomes something you love so much. And uh, and it's it's an important thing. I think a lot of their albums are that way where at first listen, there are some things that jump out and you really love, but some other things that you're not quite sure about. And then eventually those things you're not quite sure about become the things that you love more than the things that you reacted so, you know, uh, positively to in the beginning. They're, they're just a fabulous band. I, I even love the two albums with Chuck Mosley. Um, yeah, I, I, any lineup of that band, anything they've done um, is, uh, yeah, it's, it sets the bar for shit you can accomplish in a, in a heavy rock slash metal or whatever you would call them band. Um, so yeah, number six, Faith No More. Let's move on to numero cinco. Si, habla espanol un poquito. Anyway, uh, number five, um, uh, the most recent band on this list and really the only band from the 2000s that I'm kind of fanatical about. We are talking about Atlanta Georgia's own Mastodon. Now, I bet some of you out there are like, wait, hold up, Stephen. How are Mastodon above Iron Maiden or, you know, any of the other bands you want to pick out? Um, and once again, I'm just going off my feeling. How do I feel right now about these bands? And Mastodon is a band that they are responsible for me getting back into heavy metal in the early 2000s when I heard the album Leviathan. I had pretty much gotten to the point where I wasn't listening to anything heavy just because, I I don't know, I thought I was too cool for school. I don't fucking know, but I wasn't. And Mastodon taught me that I was not. I needed to go to school, metal school. Anyway, I went. And um, ever since then, every album they put out, I've been super excited for, and they always give me something new. Um, case in point, uh, the album Crack the Sky 
that uh, that album showed the band going in a direction I didn't think they were going to go, and I fucking love it. I love the shit they're doing now. I can't wait to see where they go. They're just such a great, talented band, and once again, they don't play by the rules. They literally just make Mastodon music, and uh, I wish there were more bands like them these days. Um, There are a few out there that are promising. We'll see how that goes, but right now, Mastodon is at number five because they are the shining beacon in in, uh, 2000s metal, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, Mastodon. Love them. All right, let's move on to number four. Let's wind the clock back to the 70s again. Another kind of older band, but a band that, fuck, I, I, I don't even know where to begin. They're a band that, um, like Maiden, I've become quite fanatical about over the last few years. Um, and shit, what can I fucking say about Rush? What a fucking amazing band um just like i I, uh said with uh with mastodon like rush just makes rush albums unfortunately they don't anymore but er, you know every era of rush i I love that first album with the original drummer um i love uh their sort of experimentation when they're you know learning who they are you know know, caress of steel uh 2112 all those things um i even love the fucking keyboard shit from the 80s that got to the point where they started making these really emotional songs that just made you feel something because before you know rush was like a band that you would listen to and you would feel this overwhelming urge to figure out how they were fucking doing it or uh, how would you play that or what what did they do let me hear that again and then all of a sudden in the 80s they it was a song where something would wash over you a feeling would wash over you it's like you were kind of instead of learning about history you were like learning about life and it i don't know they just made such poignant music um and then you know everything they made in the 90s and then uh and then the 2000s it it's just all of such a high quality and I don't have to even talk about how good they are as musicians Alex Lifeson is one of my favorite guitar players and they're a band that if you get it, you really get it. So it's almost like you're either into Rush, like totally in, or you just can't figure out how to get through the door. Um, so I don't know. They're, they're such a great band, and um, uh, they are another band that like I put on any fucking song by them, and uh, I, I'm usually just floored by something in it. There's some element of everything that just makes me feel like shit. I... I, you know, I'm a songwriter and a musician, but they make me feel like I'm not in any way, shape, or form. So, um, yeah, number four, uh, f- amazing band, Rush. I, I, yeah, do I do I need to go any further and talk about them? You either know or you don't. So uh, let's move on to number three. Uh, all right. So now, before we get into uh, number three and number two and number one, I just want to warn you that I'm letting you in to my soul, so to speak. Um, We're getting to bands that are meaningful to me in ways that I can't really explain. Sometimes there's a band and you like their music. And then there's a band where you love all of their music and you go see them in concert and you wear the t-shirt. And then there are bands that seem to define who you are. 
Like you want to get them tattooed on you. Um, and you, you literally don't understand why everyone in the world doesn't feel the same way as you. And you might get a little bit butthurt when people talk shit about them. And uh, these are those bands. Um, so number three is a, a, a band that I've been into since I was in junior high. And um, uh, they are, um, in my opinion, one of the best thrash metal bands uh, that have existed. And once again, they were a band that continues to make great music today. Uh, I'm talking about Anthrax. And uh, yeah, I, I got into them around State of Euphoria. Um, and uh, I, I've really never fallen off um, with Anthrax, aside from a brief period of time around the time they released Volume 8. That was kind of the time where I kind of went, uh... I'm not feeling this. I'll come check on you guys again in a little bit. But I always kept tabs on Anthrax because something about them always connected with me. It, it probably was the fact that there were all the killer riffs and the really great fucking classic metal songs, but at the same time, they didn't take themselves super seriously all the time, and they came across as dudes you wanted to hang out with. Um, and... That goes a long way with me. Like, I know you're not supposed to care about whether you like a person in a band or not. You're supposed to judge the music. I get that. But isn't it so much better when you do, when you really like the people and you're like, yeah, I want to fucking hang out with you, you know? So that's Anthrax to me. And even the, you know, aside from that one album I referred to, the John Bush era, I uh, was super blown away by the fact that they sort of reinvented themselves and did it quite well. I mean, Sound of White Noise is a fucking great album. And then, once again, they get Joey Belladonna back in the fold, and Worship Music is such a fucking great metal album. Um, For All Kings, also a fucking amazing metal record. Um, and the funny thing to me, and the thing that I don't fucking get, is how they've ended up on the bottom of the big four. So much so that people say they don't belong there. And... I, oh, I, 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 yeah, I can't even put into words how idiotic that is to me, but whatever, you know, uh, metal has become a thing that is, is too big to tame. And, uh, just, you know, like in many things in life, you have people that know what they're talking about, but you have a shitload of people who don't. And those are the ones that usually want to make their opinions the loudest. So whatever, um, Anthrax, is a fucking classic band. I love those guys. They are at number three. Let's move on to number two. All right, so I've already done a whole podcast episode devoted to this band. They're a very important band to me. Uh, they were uh, the band that showed me that I could play music and write songs, and it wasn't just a world of guitar gods that I would never measure up to. Um, their music still sounds as vital to me today as it did back in the early 90s. Um, I'm talking about Nirvana. And uh, Nirvana, I, I thought about this when I put Alice in Chains at number nine. I thought to myself, you know what? I wonder if Kurt Cobain had lived. One, would Nirvana have continued to put out albums for a long period of time? And if they did, would they have been any good? Um, would they have trailed off? Would I have lost interest? And 
the great thing about that, and I never thought I would say great about somebody dying, but I don't have to worry about that. They never got back together with a shitty second-rate version of Nirvana without Kurt Cobain. All we have are three studio albums, uh, you know, an album that's a collection of B-sides and whatnot, um, and then some live recordings, and that's it. And to me, it's so perfect because I love every minute of everything they ever did. Their music defined a generation, and it totally changed how popular rock music was. I mean, you could make an argument that that ended up being not a good thing, um, but also... Like Faith No More, uh, as I spoke about before, they opened my mind to uh, a lot of different things musically. Um, and if you were my age when that happened, uh, I-, I feel like I was the perfect age because I was already into metal. And when Nirvana came out, they didn't make me stop listening to metal. They were just another heavy band that I loved. And it was all fucking good. I was just as excited about Anthrax as I was about Nirvana. And uh, and I don't know. They're a band that their music is stuck with me. It's personal to me. It, it yeah. And I do understand that nowadays with younger kids coming out, sure, there are some people that just take it as a given that you're supposed to like Nirvana because, I don't know, I guess Kurt Cobain is, you know, is an icon and whatnot. But there are other people that hate on them for the very same reason. And I, it's one of those things where just stop. Like, you know, it, it, some music is very important. And if you don't understand why, just move on. Move on to the music that's important to you. Um, I'm not going to go off on a rant, but, you know, come on, people. So Nirvana, fucking great band. Um, uh, yeah, we're already at 22 minutes. Holy shit, I'm being long-winded. I'm sorry. Let's move on to number one. I, I, I mean, I could probably just say the name and then end the fucking show, because if you've been listening to any of my podcasts for any amount of time, you've probably figured out that I am a massive, massive fan of the band Nickelback. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, number one is Metallica. Um, I did a whole uh, podcast episode on them. I don't need to go into it. They're a very important band to me. They're a very important band to thrash metal. They are a very important band to metal in general. Um, a lot of metal bands that you younger kids are all into today, they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Metallica. Um I love all of it. I love, you know, the early stuff the most. I'm not going to fucking get into an argument. Yes, they made better music early on, but they still make great music now. I even love the fucking load and reload shit now. I don't care what their hairdos were like, and I don't care if they were experimenting with more, you know, regular modern rock sounds or I guess... Is it was it modern? I don't know what the fuck it was. I mean, sure, I, I shook my head at it just as much as a lot of other people did. But over the years, it all started to make sense. It was a journey that I went on with Metallica, and I felt like I understood them a lot more because of their missteps. And now that they're back out the other end, and uh, uh, I've said it before, if you don't think Death Magnetic is a great album then I feel that you are probably bringing a lot of baggage with you into listening to that. So, um, uh, yeah, and, and uh, the newest one, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Um, not as good as Death Magnetic, in my opinion, but still fucking solid and still an exciting album that I still listen to to this day. Uh, they haven't put out anything yet 
that I don't go back to and listen to. So, um, yeah, they're my favorite band. Um, they probably will be my favorite band forever. Um, so this is the one that you can count on being at number one. Um, check back with me in 10 years. If this podcast is still going in 10 years. Oh, shit. <laughs> Very old head podcast brought to you by Depends and Dr. Shoals. <laughs> um, um, anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's all I got to say. That was my top 10. Um yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, obviously, I've had a good time. I love talking about my favorite bands. So, you know, of course, I had a great time. So I hope you did too. Thank you very much for listening. And I will see all of you again in a couple of weeks. And as the illustrious Keanu Reeves once said to the late, great Patrick Swayze, Via con Dios! Via con Dios!